You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. How's everybody feeling? Hopefully you had a good weekend, ready for a big week, ready for a short week, right? Lots to do on this Monday edition. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York, of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer today. We will recap, of course, all the uh, Week 11 action around the NFL. Have some thoughts on even things that the Knicks did over the weekend. But really, the real lead is that today is day 26 of the Regal Tumble. And I will tell you, we'll recap all the, you know, from Friday and all that type of stuff. But I will tell you, we will introduce a new show today into the mix. And I will say that if this show really gets even a single vote, but... You should be ashamed of yourself. If this show makes it past today, I will be furious. Much like I I referenced on, I think it was Friday, much like Liam Neeson and Taken. I have a very particular set of skills, skills that I've acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you vote for another show, well, that will be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you vote for the show that gets introduced today, I, I will look for you. I will track you down. I, I won't kill you. I, I will give you a very disapproving look, though. That, that much is true. But we'll get into that in a little bit. But Sunday was week 11. A very interesting week. A week where really, week 11 to me, once you start looking ahead to the Thanksgiving Day games, I think if you're a football fan, that's when you start to really, I mean, we talk about it all the time. We look at the playoff picture all the time. But really, once you get to this, start, this part of the season, right, you're into November, you're into the third quarter of the season, you know that the playoffs are not very far off. And this week, with Thanksgiving coming up, always a good time to see how things are taking shape. So very interesting, intriguing, a couple of really interesting games this week. But instead of all that, Let's start with the Jets. Let's start with the Jets game because the Jets were back from their bye week this week out on the West Coast. And it's almost like you wish, could you keep going past the West? What's beyond the West Coast? Just keep going. Just keep going West. Keep, I I don't know if there's another team that way, but just keep going there and don't come back. But back from the bye, facing off against the two and seven Chargers. Uh, At a game time on Sunday, I don't know if it was this way the whole time, because I think on Friday it was nine and a half, but by the time I bet the game on Sunday, the Jets were 10-point underdogs to a two-win team in Week 11. And I, I raised this point on Friday, I raised the point on Twitter. Has that ever happened before? Has a team ever been so bad that, you know, like the Chargers lose just about every single week, but... They lose close games every single week. This was the one time where they're saying, nope, Chargers are even going to blow out the Jets. I think it was the second highest spread of the weekend. And I hate to do this because, especially at the start of the show, I like this show to be a fun space, like a happy, you know, jokes, poke fun at each other, have a laugh, because you got enough stuff during the course of the day to bring you down. But I do have, unfortunately, some bad news to start. I guess I should probably get it out of the way right away. And there's no way to sugarcoat it. The Jets have been officially eliminated from the playoffs. I know. I I know. You probably thought that, wait a sec, that only happened now? Didn't that happen a while? No. Only this week because the Colts won yesterday. Now the Jets have been officially eliminated from the playoffs. But even as horrendous as the Jets have been, the real fear with them is not really 
whether or not Adam Gase is going to be back or whether or not they're going to do this or that. The real fear is that they will win a game, screw up getting the number one pick overall, and do so by winning just a a pointless, you know, sometimes you win a game when you're having a bad season, and at least you can point to, well, you know, the quarterback played really well, or this guy was an individual star. At this point, there is nothing left for the Jets to do outside of get the number one overall pick. But there's this fear that they're going to screw it up. So after all, it's the Jets, right? That would be the most Jetsy thing to do, right? You have this awful year in the right year. This is the year to be awful, to get the number. I mean, everybody says about Trevor Lawrence, right? He is the best prospect since Andrew Luck. After all the young quarterbacks that we've seen here the last couple of years, Burrow or Herbert or Tua or all these guys, this is the guy. This is the guy that they've been talking about for the last few years. So the Jets, I mean, just take a look at last year, right? They were 1-7, screwed themselves by winning a bunch of meaningless games down the second half of the year. And people are trying to convince themselves, and most importantly, the Jets convinced themselves, you know, this Adam Gase guy might not be so bad. So on Sunday, when they come out, and you've had a little time to not forget, but at least water down the awfulness, and they take the field and they get a touchdown right away. They have a 6 nothing lead, the block punt. Hey, wait a second. This might be the week. And then the Chargers get the ball, drive right down the field, and Keenan Allen, who caught, I believe he caught 700 passes yesterday, which is kind of hard considering he only has like 600 catches in his entire career, but somehow caught 700 yesterday. But then Keenan Allen, he gets a pass, takes it down to the one and fumble, and the Jets recover. So now you have the Jets with a 6-0 lead. They're getting the ball back, and you think to yourself, is this the week where the Jets screw themselves by winning a game? Right? Two turnovers already is this. Luckily for the Jets, and, and most, most importantly, luckily for Jet fans, that's when the Jets showed up. Because if you watch the game, this is probably the moment where, if, under normal circumstances, you would want to throw up. Because Joe Flacco throws one of the all-time ducks for a pick six. So the, the Chargers, who have done nothing right up until this point except one thing, actually lead the game 7-6. to six. And from that point on in the first half... The Chargers were battling boredom more. They had a harder time overcoming boredom than they had overcoming the Jets because the Jets' offense did nothing, and the defense did even less. I mean, Justin Herbert looked like Patrick Mahomes. And look, Herbert is a good quarterback. I'd say right now he might even be a top-10 quarterback. He's certainly a quarterback in the top half of the league already as a rookie playing on a bad team. But the Jets made him look like he was the greatest quarterback who has ever lived. At one point, the Chargers were leading the game 21-6. Herbert, in the first half, had 250 yards passing and two touchdowns. And yet, at that same point in time, Joe Flacco had not completed a pass to a wide receiver on the Jets. Now, he had already thrown the touchdown pass because of that interception, which we already detailed. But... It's, it's, it's incredible. In the first half of the game, the Chargers had a win probability of 93%. And I got to be honest, when I saw it, seemed low. Seemed low. The Jets were so non-competitive 
in that first half. Usually it's the second half where they just come out of halftime and are sleepwalking. This time they did it in the first half. They shucked things up, right? Coming out of the bye. I have seen Harlem Globetrotter games that were more competitive than the Jets in the first half. It was like somehow, even as a winless team, 0-9 for the first time in franchise history, it was almost as if they got worse on the bye. Now, the Jets did score some points in the second half. Nobody thought, though, for a second, nobody anywhere, I don't care who you are, thought the Jets were going to win that game. Nobody. And I've seen some articles in different, oh, well, you know, the Jets uh, made it a game. They had their chances. No, they didn't. Nobody thought for it. That was not a close game. There was nothing to look at and say, well, you know what? This is really good. So, I, uh, look, I, I almost feel like at this point on Mondays, for the sur- first segment, submarining the show by talking about the Jets, we should just play the exact same segment from each and every week. Since the Jets go out and do the same things every single week, we should just edit the show so that I come out and say, can you believe the Jets? I can't believe they lost enough. And just leave it generic enough so we can just replay the segment week in and week out. And nobody would know the difference. Nobody would know the difference. Because every single week, the Jets just come out and lay an egg and are non-competitive and don't really give you a chance. So just go out there, lose the rest of the games, go 0-16, get Trevor Lawrence, and that's all, that's all that, that there is left for the Jets and for Jet fans. I'm sorry, I don't care about Denzel Mims. I don't care about Adam Gase not calling the plays, relaying the plays, someone else who's calling the play. I don't care. I don't care. According to what I saw from Football Outsiders, the Jets have a 21% chance of going 0-16. Speaking of things that seem low, 21%, ah, it's got to be higher than that. I don't know what math you're using, what indicators you're using to come up with that percentage. The Jets are now 0-10 and have six games left. They are against the Dolphins, coming off a loss, the Raiders, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Browns, the Patriots. I could come up with an imaginary team. And even then, I don't know if the Jets would be favored. So you can say it's only 21. It's higher than 21%. It's higher than 21%. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. This will conclude my part of the Jets portion of the show. Now, look, if you have a point about the Jets, by all means, 1-800-919-ESPN. I just can't anymore. I just can't. Kenny in Jersey, does he uh, want to talk about the Jets? Come on, Kenny, where are you? I mean, there you go. What's I'm up? right here, brother. I'm here. I'm here. How you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. What's up? All right, look, they tell me that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Yep. And to me, a lot of these teams are doing the same thing and expecting to be different. If you got a team that has gaping holes in it in, in six or seven different positions, what sense does it make, especially the offensive line, what sense does it make to draft a quarterback when you can maximize that pick and fill in your roster with, with players instead of going for the, the, the big splash and getting a quarterback? Are you talking about the Jets specifically here? Yes, I'm talking yeah. about the Jets because you keep saying they should go for this, this quarterback. Right, and I, I totally disagree with you, and I think they have big, big holes that they need to fill that they can maximize that pick um, and fill those holes instead well, of trying to get the, another quarterback. Right, but and, the and problem is, is one of their holes is a quarterback. I understand that, but look, look at Cincinnati. They had holes on their offensive line. They drafted a great quarterback that was playing really good. 
Mm-hmm. And now he's hurt. Yeah. And look, look, you know, look, look at uh, the Chargers. They drafted a good quarterback. They still only won two games, and he's playing good ball. Yeah. It's a team game, Gordon. You yeah, no, look, Kenny, and here's the thing, and thanks for the call. Uh, I'm not telling you that under under uh, under other circumstances that they wouldn't be uh, justified to do that, but the the biggest hole to fill on any team is the quarterback. And look, I mean, it would be an improvement if the Jets could just simply improve to be like mediocre. But if you get to be mediocre and you don't have the quarterback solved, then you're no place. So uh, unfortunately, the Jets have holes everywhere. But one of those holes is a quarterback, and. You'd have to say that's the biggest hole. That's the biggest question for every team to fill in. If you don't fill that, te- if you don't fill that spot correctly, it's almost as if the rest of the things don't matter. That's how important the quarterback is. So, and the, the, one of the big reasons why Trevor Lawrence has to be the pick. You don't trade the pick. You don't go Justin Fields. You don't do this. You don't do that. Is because by all accounts, every account is that Trevor Lawrence, that pick is almost jet proof. They can't screw that up by taking him. Now, they might screw him up by having him on the team and they don't put other things around him, the offensive line stinks, but at least you know he's good. And anyone else that the Jets might, you know, trade the pick, right, and and get a bunch of draft picks, there's no indication that they are able to use those draft picks correctly, more so than going out and just getting Trevor Lawrence. At least you know, all right, that one, that's a good pick there. We know that much. What else you got? I don't know. And they're going to have a bunch of picks here moving forward, right, as a result of the, the Jamal Adams trade and all these things. So uh, I, I, if they get the number one pick and at this point, you know, 99.999% chance of getting it, to me, there, there's no question to make. There's no other evaluation to make. Make that one pick, get that one out of the way, and then you go about solving all the other issues and whether or not you can do that. All right, one 800 919 ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. I've said my piece about the Jets. If you want to get in on it, please feel free. But coming up today, day 26 of the Regal Tumble. Everyone has their favorite shows. Some have already come. Some have already gone. Some are still in the mix. This one has to be, I would say, my arch nemesis. That would be how I would describe today's show. So we'll unveil the entry for day number 26 in the battle for television supremacy. Hey, the Michael K. Show's 20 and 20 contest continues today, 3 p.m. Only three chances left to score big, so make sure you are tuned in. And this week, I'm not sure all the details of it, but you want to be tuned in because they're going to be giving away a lot of cash this week, and you got to listen all week to be able to, uh, to win it. So that's all you have to do is just do what you're already doing, right? Listen to the Michael K. Show. Uh, for today, though, the guys are giving away an all-star cookout combo. From Kansas City steak, including fillets, ribeyes, strip steaks, lobster tails, and more. I'm a big ribeye guy. Uh, It's the 20 and 20 contest. It's brought to you by PC Richard & Son, Kansas City steak. The Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand, and 98.7 ESPN. Those are all the things you need to have a great Thanksgiving, right? You get the TV from PC Richard & Son. You get the Kansas City steak because, you know, look, the turkey is, is terrible. Everybody's – no turkey is not – nobody's happy for turkey. If you had a steak, then you're happy. And then you got some premium cocktails because you're going to be watching the Lions and the Texans and the Cowboys and Washington. All right, it's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. We opened uh, the show with uh, the Jets. And I will tell you a little inside, inside the show uh, today – Big day, Ray Santiago. Today's the day I get my yearly physical. 
And ah. yet with all the uh, things that go on there, I think I'm going to have a better day than sitting and watching the Jets for four hours. So that just tells you how fun the, my day is going to be today. So, all right, so we got the Jets out of the way. And if you want to, if you have a point to make on the Jets, uh, I guess, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Do we have, uh, is it Victor in Massapequa who wants to get in on the Jets? I can't imagine. I feel like it's all been said at this point, but Victor's in Massapequa. What's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon. Thanks for having me. I'm here. What's up? So, I I feel like, you know, Sam Darnold's kind of getting put to the wayside at this point. You know, everybody's just trying to look at the new shiny toy. And at the end of the day, you know, you got to put together a full football team. And the only thing that we can say about Sam Darnold right now, he's not a superstar. He's not going to be the guy to put the team on his back. But is he a capable quarterback? We don't know yet because we haven't put a team around him yet. Okay. Um I would agree with that, but are you willing to take that risk and pass up what seems to be a sure thing in Trevor Lawrence? I mean, I'm guessing that you're saying that you would rather, like, take that pick and trade it for picks or, or do something other than take the quarterback with the number one pick. Well, yeah, you know, you're a professional. You've been around this business mm. long enough. Nothing's ever a sure thing. No, of course not. Uh, I don't know if I, professional, that's usually not one of the adjectives used to describe me, but uh, no, I, I get that you're say, <laughs> what you're saying. And you're going to have to put a better team around the jets, uh, no matter who the quarterback is going to be. I would just think that at this point and Victor, thanks for the call uh, that it's the best thing for the jets to move on from Sam Darnold. And more importantly for like all the Sam fans out there, it's better for Sam to move on. Like how much longer are you going to, you know, like, Let's say that they did what you wanted, right? And they, they, they trade that pick to, I don't know, Jacksonville. And, they get a, and Jacksonville's got a bunch of picks, too. And you get a bunch of picks, right? And then Sam comes out, and it's not like flipping a switch where all of a sudden, boom, he's, he's, he's great. Well, then you're going to be saying, well, wait a second. We gave up this sure thing for another year. of. The, I mean, we've had three years of it, right? He's been inconsistent. And the thing about Sam is, yes, the ceiling can be pretty high at times. Unfortunately, with Sam, the floor can be really, really low. So I don't think that even just by one year of surrounding him with some talent on the offensive side, maybe you know, getting another offensive lineman, doing all these things, where all of a sudden it's just going to be like night and day. So then you're going to be sitting there next year saying to yourself, wait a second, we passed up this sure thing for another year for a guy who has not shown the ability week in and week out to be a consistent quarterback and has not shown the ability to stay healthy. I mean, every single year it's been a thing where he has missed time and who knows when he's going to be back or if he's going to be back at all. So I would just simply say that if I were the Jet, if I were a Jet fan, the one thing that would be getting me through this year would be the hope that, you know what, I'm at least getting Trevor Lawrence and at least I know. Coming in, that guy is good. I know for a fact that guy's good, and now can we put some, uh, some more things around him? Because, look, there are other quarterbacks in bad situations who you have seen already in a very short period of time. You would have more confidence that those guys are going to be – Justin Herbert is a perfect answer. Joe Burrow is a perfect answer. So I would say that I know it's not been a lot of time that Sam has been here, but it's been enough time to make a f- pretty fair assessment, especially considering you're going to have the number one pick this year. You're going to have the number one pick this year. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Let's get right to it, right? Like, I'm burying the lead here. I mean, look, I- I'd love to spend uh, – actually, I wouldn't. 
But you might like for me to spend the whole day talking, a whole show talking about the Jets. I just can't do it anymore. I don't know how you people do it. I'm sitting there watching these guys. Like, oh, my God. But let's get to the real, the real competition. And that is day 26 in the battle for TV supremacy. The regal tumble. It's a sensation. The K Show has their 20 for 20. But they only have one winner a day. We have a bunch of winners. Anyone who votes on Twitter at Gordon Damer can consider themselves a winner. Now, you're not going to be eating a delicious Kansas City steak. You're not going to be having a premium cocktail from the Bardachine. But you can make that cocktail yourself after you vote. So let's get right to it. Day 25 was Friday. We had Stranger Things uh, enter the competition. And uh, very quickly, it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty clear. It would have been a Stranger Thing if uh, Stranger Things had any actual competition for the three shows that we know. Very quickly, it was clear that Stranger Things was... They were on the upside down. They were on the other side of the world. So, no, the Stranger Things, cute show, but uh, no, it does not belong in this conversation, which this conversation is the battle for television supremacy. So Stranger Things is gone. So we know the three shows that return. They are, of course, The Sopranos. Very strong so far. Seinfeld, another... You would have to say co-favorites right now. There's a real battle between these two day in and day out. And then the third show, which does seem a little vulnerable, would be Chappelle's show. And there was a point on Friday where it almost, again, we've not had one so far, but it almost seemed like we might get that double elimination, which we've been looking at for a while here. So we come to today's day, day 26. And I'm not really sure how this show wound up there. I don't remember it being part of the uh, selection process, but apparently it was because it's on the list and it has a number. So today, what is this show, Gordon, that you hate so passionately? Let's find out. Now, if you, if you have a wife, if you have a girlfriend, that music might, if you don't, well, that might, music might not really mean anything to you. But if you have a wife who is obsessed with shows, oh my God, you might be saying to yourself, Gordon, what the hell's going on? Well, look, I didn't come up with the list of, of, of shows you nominated. So if there's anybody to blame, look in the mirror. But that music, of course, is the real housewife's music. And I don't care what Real Housewives it is, if it's New York, if it's New... I mean, they seem like it's like a fungus. These things are popping up all over the place. But, you know, as I said, when I came up with this contest that I always try to put on the other hat... Like, I know who I think is the best show, but I have to be as the the ringmaster here, you know, trying to make the argument for the other shows. And uh, this is a show that I, I passionately... I love my wife. I love everything about my wife except the fact that every single day she's watching these shows. And they just, they repulse me. I I don't know what other way to put it. But if I were going to make the argument for why the Real Housewives, and again, if you vote for this, I hate you. Just Just know that. I hate you. But if I were going to make the argument, well, there's like 75 versions of the exact same show. And I would say, as someone who has really kind of devoted their life to all these meaningless, stupid... I'm a 49-year-old man sitting and looking at his fantasy football team every single weekend. So I know about meaningless pursuits of, of your free time. But if I had to make an argument for this show, A, there's like 75 versions of it, and these shows are essentially 
pro wrestling for women. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, they're reality shows, right? They're scripted drama involving larger-than-life characters. They have feuds. They have alliances. There's backstabbing. Yeah, there's backstabbing. There's betrayal, Jim Ross. And you'd have to say these shows are always on. There's no off. Apparently, with my wife, there's no off-season for these Real Housewives shows. They're on every single day. The DVR must have the our, the DVR in the Damer household must have the lowest self-esteem. It's always recording these shows. And there's, there's always 75 of them on. There's always 75 of them on. So there you go. Let me put up the uh, poll question for today. And again, just realize the Gordon Damer show, specifically me, takes no responsibility for the shows that are ma- I can't do that. I can't control the voting. I wish I could. So if you have anybody to blame on this, blame yourself. And I would just say, if you vote for The Real Housewives, just know, again. But if you don't, I will look for you. Yes. I will find you. I will. Probably not. But and I will kill you. Well, I won't kill you. That would be over. That, 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 might, be taking, that might be taking it a bit too far. But I will definitely give you a disapproving look. So there you go. The, the show's for day 26 of The Regal Tumble. They are The Sopranos, Seinfeld, Chappelle Show, and The Real Housewives. There you go. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Dammer, and you can do with it what you will. And uh, we'll, uh, of course, have the uh, results tomorrow. And I'll tell you right now, if The Real Housewives win, at least a, half, at least a 50-50 chance I don't show up tomorrow. So there you go. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776 is the uh, telephone number. Did you have Santiago and Bayshore? Is that, an, is, that, is that you, Ray, or is that another person? It's another person. All right, Santiago, what's going on, my man? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I was trying to comment on the, on the whole uh, Sam Donald and Trevor Lawrence thing. Sure, go ahead. What, what's the purpose of getting Trevor Lawrence if we don't have an offensive line to protect him? I mean, this is the reason why Darnold can't stay on the field, because he's constantly getting hurt. And look at Joe Burrow yesterday. He, you know, they, they don't have an offensive line to protect him either. And he's going to be out for, for the rest of the season. Well, I think after this year, clearly this is going to be, to me, if, this, if I were a Jet fan, this has to be like a bottoming out and a fresh start after this year. The coach is going to be gone. Uh, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, it's not going to just by drafting uh, Trevor Lawrence, it doesn't fix all the issues. But you're like you're thinking to yourself that, that that's part of it, right? Like Sam Darnold has not shown you in anything in three years that he's the answer either. So I don't know that Trevor Lawrence is going to come here and solve all the Jets' problems. He won't. But at least that's a fresh start. And, you know, this is about the time. If you, if you were to keep Sam Darnold, you're going into next year knowing you're going to have to now get ready to give him a contract extension when he has not shown really any ability to be consistent week in and week out. And he's not shown any ability year in and year out to stay healthy. So I get what you're saying about having to put another, you know, put the team around the quarterback that it doesn't do any good just to have a quarterback. But you don't even have that right now either. All right, Santiago, there you go. I'm about bringing people together. I think we probably cut them off. I don't think that my point was that impressive. Who knows? I mean, maybe maybe Santiago's saying to himself out in Bayshore, you know what, Gordon's got a point. We don't know. I'd like to believe that. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Coming up, we'll have a moment of inspiration. Ooh, a little look back today. A very memorable moment today 
And it, I'll tell you this. Spoiler alert, the moment of inspiration did not come from the Jet game yesterday. No, it's a little, a little bit more uh, a few years back. But we'll get to that coming up. We'll update the poll question uh, as uh, the regal tumble continues. And we will take your phone calls. 1-800-919-ESPN. And Manning's going to heave one. Is, oh, there's a flag. Beckham has one-handed catch. How in the world? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And Brandon Carl is back there. I mean, he is... Insane. How do you make that catch? Oh, my goodness. Oh, your moment of inspiration for this Monday morning, Odell. Remember the big Sunday night game against the Cowboys? That ridiculous one-hand grab. Was that 2014? 2014. 2014. Okay. So six years ago. Boy, it feels feels that long ago. Uh, I I know that there is a a general feeling that that catch. Say again, Odell, I'm sorry. Actually, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a general feeling that that, that catch somehow changed Odell and, the, and his trajectory. And, and I think that he would have become the same person even without that catch. You know, like, I don't think that that catch had any impact on who he was or his personality or, or anything like that or the desperate need for attention or... I don't think it had any impact at all. So, uh, and I know that uh, Ray Santiago is a Cowboy fan. You love that catch because it came in a loss. Oh, because right? I, I, from from the day it happened, like oh, I, I was pretty angry when it happened because the Giants, I think, were winning fourteen three at the time. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys came back and won that game. So, like, okay, you can have that catch. You can right. you can enjoy it. You can celebrate I mean, it all you want. You lost. And is that like the greatest? footnote about you know like it, it, when you're talking about Odell Beckham Jr right i mean that's like the perfect side note to that story is that he makes this unbelievable catch the catch of that year the catch of really every year uh and uh, they they still lost the game his I, team lost the game even though he made that amazing yeah, the, and the funny thing is i was reminded this morning while ingesting that into the system because we didn't have it anymore so it had to be resaved mm-hmm. Eli Manning didn't even know what to do, like to celebrate at the end. He's like half has his hands up and he's running up the field to celebrate. Like, uh, what just happened? Like, so, like, yeah. Everybody, everybody's reaction pretty much was the same on that. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was an amazing catch, and it is. I mean, it's hard. Oh, it was, to it beat was that. a fantastic catch. Fantastic. It was a, most incredible, probably the most incredible catch I've ever seen. Yeah, but they the, lost behind the head. And, but again, but, but they yeah. lost. The, right. They also caught the L. Yes, they did that. They did it that, and they've done that a lot. They've done that that night and a lot, and a lot since then. All right, it's the Gordon Damer Show, a moment of inspiration for this Monday morning. Uh, let's get to week 11 around the NFL, because there were some exciting games. Now, we've talked about the Jets a lot, and we'll continue to, 1-800-919-ESPN. But let's start with the Sunday night game last night. Chiefs beat the Raiders 35-31. And in case you didn't see it, Raiders get a touchdown. Late in the game, about minute 45 or so, and they, they had gotten the ball, the Raiders, down to the one, and they take the 31-28 lead. And they needed about five plays because of penalties and this thing and that thing to get in from the one. So the Chiefs get the ball back. The Chiefs had an easier time scoring the game-winning touchdown, even though they probably, I think they had to probably go 75 yards than the Raiders did getting the ball in from the one-yard line. So the Raiders get that touchdown, 31-28, and the Kansas City Chiefs get the ball back. Here's the plays, the yardage of the plays when they get the ball back. They had one timeout and about a minute and a half to get down the field. First play was 10 yards. The second play was zero. Third play was nine. 
Fourth play was 16. Fifth play was 15. Then they got a, a little pass for three yards, and then they scored the touchdown. So now over the last calendar year, the Chiefs are 18-1, and one, including the playoffs, and Patrick Mahomes this year, he will be the MVP, barring some upset, now has 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. He threw one last night. So the Chiefs win that game. They're rolling. Uh, the other two other big games yesterday, Colts beat the Packers in overtime 34-31. Packers led 28-14 at the half. They outscored 17-3 in the second half and then lose in overtime. Phillip Rivers had to leave the game because of a foot injury, although when he's running around, you wouldn't know he had a foot injury because that's how he looks all the time. And now the, you'd have to give credit to the, to the Colts. They have now outscored in the last two weeks the Titans and the Packers in the second half and overtime yesterday, uh, 41-3. 41-3 against two pretty good teams, right? And that was an awful loss for the Packers. It seemed like the Colts were giving – I mean, they had a drive near the end of regulation, the Colts, where it was just like every play they had a holding call. They just kept backing up, backing up, backing up. And the Packers, because of the brilliance of Aaron Rodgers' drive right down the field, they got down to like the five-yard line. And they had to, you know, got to fourth down. They kicked the field goal. And at that point, you feel like, you know what? You were down at the five. I understand you kick the field goal to get to overtime, to extend the game. You don't want to come down to just one play. But it really kind of felt like at that point, you know what, the Packers had blown their chance. They had, they had gotten down the field uh, so quickly that you thought, ah, you know what, this is, the, this is the chance for Aaron Rodgers to be the hero, and it didn't turn out that way. So, all right, that's the one real featured game yesterday. The other one was in the early window, the 1 o'clock. The Titans beat the Ravens in overtime 30-24. to Baltimore had a 21-10 lead about midway through the third quarter. And you'd have to say, the Ravens, again, against the Titans, got beaten at their own game, especially in the second half. It's, it's not very often you see the Ravens get pushed around like they did. A.J. Brown had that touchdown where he broke like three tackles and just drove a guy into the end zone. So the Ravens are still set up pretty well to close the year. They get the Steelers on Thanksgiving, the one redeemable game we get on Thanksgiving. But after that, they play Cowboys, Browns, Jaguars, Giants, and Bengals. So you have to figure they, well, those are probably five wins right there, if not maybe four. Uh, but the Ravens, they are just uh, they have a lot of things to correct. And uh, their toughness, I mean, they just got absolutely manhandled in that second half. And the one play that I saw, their linebacker, uh, their linebacker Patrick Queen, got, like, cleated in the face by Derrick Henry. And I have to think that does not feel good. That was my one takeaway from that game. Uh, so those two games, those two overtime games, I had both on the wrong side of my uh, FanDuel account. So I was not happy about that. But other games yesterday, Browns beat the Eagles 22-17. I did not watch this one all that much. And even with my FanDuel losses, that was the best decision that I made this weekend. Carson Wentz <laughs> now leads the NFL. I'm pretty sure. I checked this this morning, and sometimes my math is a little – I give you. Uh, he leads the NFL in interceptions, fumbles, and sacks. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I, I, how can anybody defend Carson Wentz at this point? And, and really, shouldn't they just put Jalen Hurts in and actually get a read of – I mean, you used a second-round pick on the guy. As bad as Carson Wentz has been, and I, I think the Eagles are still kind of talented – don't you owe it to the don't you owe it to the team that's playing there right now to at least see more than just like a series or two? 
you know what? Maybe the quarterback is the problem. He is certainly a problem. He might not be the only problem, but he is certainly a problem. And, you know, I saw that it was raining in Cleveland before that game. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I think I'm going to take the Browns, right? The Browns running game, Carson Wentz in the rain. And, of course, I didn't. And that will keep the streak of, of not betting games that I feel good about and then turning out I would have been right about. That streak now has to be up to about 3,000 in a row. So that's the, that's the story there. Texans beat the Patriots, who, by the way, the Patriots, I don't know if anybody else, suck. They are terrible. They are awful. Uh, the Texans gained in the first half 274 yards of offense, which was a season high for them. 271 of the 274 came from Deshaun Watson. So obviously it was a one-man show there. And the Patriots, even though the game, uh, you know, the final score looked close, it really wasn't. The, 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 the Texans just completely crushed the Patriots uh, yesterday. Steelers beat the Jags 27-3. I didn't watch a second of it. Steelers are 10-0 for the first time in uh, franchises. Isn't that strange? The Steelers who have won all these Super Bowls, they're 10-0 for the first time ever. They've never been 10-0 before. That's kind of weird. Washington beat the Bengals 20-9. Joe Burrow, obviously, the leg injury that everybody brought up. It's crazy, though. Think about how far we have come as a society, as a people, as, a, as, as, as humankind, where really when that injury happened, and if you saw it, it was ugly, but they really didn't show that replay at all after that moment. Think about, remember when Joe Theismann, if you were old enough to remember the Joe Theismann play, they played that on a loop. It felt like the entire game. You just keep seeing over and over. And at least now, maybe we're softer as a side. I don't know what it really says about us, but you did not see that Joe Burrow injury, which was uh, definitely ugly. Speaking of ugly, Carolina beat Detroit 20 to nothing. How does Matt Patricia still have a job? But thank God we keep having the Lions on Thanksgiving. If the turkey doesn't put you to sleep, oh my, the Lions. We're going to watch the Lions on Thanksgiving again. Well, Dad, why did you watch the Lions every year on Thanksgiving? You know what, Johnny? I'm not sure. I don't know why they kept putting them on. They kept thinking, ah, maybe next year they'll be better. No, they suck. They always sucked. The Lions have always sucked. Think of every team that you've, you've watched in your lifetime, right? Even the Jets, even as bad as the Jets are. They at least, you know, they, there's years where they're not that bad. They're not as the Lions have never had a they've never had a run in them never once. Uh, Saints beat the Falcons twenty four to nine. Uh, my takeaway from this game, and I did not watch it this much, but I do have to say this: ESPN Fantasy, ESPN.com's fantasy leagues, they are ruining fantasy by allowing Taysom Hill to be a tight end. You you can't. And I saw somebody who, and I, I say this as someone who uses the product. I, my fantasy league is on ESPN.com. And I will say this also as someone who got beaten out by adding Taysom Hill by about five minutes. So it's awful. You can, he's going to decide leagues by himself. Just the fact that you have him, you're going to be getting points at tight end that you should be. I mean, it's such a loophole. It's such a bad loophole. They should just allow him to be. Now, when he goes back to playing tight end, he should just be a tight end. You have the ability. It's the Internet. Don't ruin my league. I've had a very good season. Don't let it go to crap like this. I mean, my league yesterday, Taysom Hill as a tight end had 34 points. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like that every single week. It's terrible. You have to change it. Mostly because I did not get him. Cowboys won just to uh, hurt their fans a little bit more to beat the Vikings 31-28. And, you know, the Cowboy fans will say, ah, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. I can't feel anything anymore. No, they still feel it. They still feel it. And my favorite stat of the week yesterday in that game, Andy Dalton, 
threw a touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz. And that's the first time ever in NFL history where the quarterback's last name is an exact match for the receiver's first name. Eh, how about that? Uh, they've been playing football for 100 years. never happened before. Uh, and then finally, the Broncos beat the Dolphins 20-13. to Dolphins got manhandled, beaten in every phase of the game, and yet they still only lost by a touchdown. And I think that they actually got lucky by losing for this reason. And Brian Flores, their head coach, has done a lot right. Almost everything, right? The Dolphins have turned themselves into, you know, kind of a playoff contender and has done everything really, really well. Benching Tua yesterday was a complete mistake. And Tua was terrible yesterday. I will grant you that. The entire team was terrible yesterday. And I think you can't bench your rookie quarterback at the first sign of trouble. And yesterday was the first sign of trouble, especially since there are a lot of guys on that team probably who feel like they would be better this season with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick led them on a drive and got intercepted in the end zone, and that would have tied the game. So I think they actually caught a break. So I think Brian Flores made a giant mistake You can't betray the trust of your rookie quarterback like that at the first sign of trouble, right? You're you're saying, all right, we're turning over the organ. You're our guy. Uh, You know what? You had a bad game. You got sacked six times because the offensive line just got beaten to hell. Uh, We're going to pull you. Uh, That's a a really bad mistake there. And and one, hopefully, uh, look, the Dolphins have the Jets and Bengals coming up. So I think that they'll correct that problem. But you you don't want to do that with a rookie quarterback and start doing that game just simply to win a game in a season where it's not about this season, right? Like, it's great if you can make the playoffs in this season, but it's not about this season. It's about establishing your rookie quarterback, the guy you took with the fifth pick in the draft. Video chatting with family this holiday season? Well, we've got the perfect guest for everyone's virtual gathering. New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. It's 98.7 ESPN Sam and the Fam Sweepstakes. Here's how you win. Send us a brief message telling us why Sam should hang with your family for a 30-minute virtual huddle. Send us that message at 98.7ESPN at gmail.com. That's 987ESPN at gmail.com. We'll choose the winners on December 9th who will get a one-of-a-kind experience with friends and family to have a virtual hangout with Sam Darnold. It's all from your home for the hookup. It's 98.7 FM. ESPN New York. Uh, I just want to say, because we don't have too much time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, people. Why do I say thank you? Because today is day 26 of the Regal Tumble, and today's entry is the Real Housewives of whoever, wherever. And um, I don't know how they got into the mix, but they got into the mix somehow, and I could at least make a compelling argument for why it is the, uh, the greatest show. But I said, if you vote for it, clearly you hate me. Clearly, I think you kind of hate yourself, but you certainly uh, that that, uh, you hating yourself is not really my concern. You hating me is a concern. And at least so far, I will say now it's very early. This could change. But the Real Housewives is on track for the lowest voting total. And we've been doing this for basically a month and they are by far and away right now the lowest total. So I would just simply say thank you very much for that. All right. So we focused a lot on the football today. And that's appropriate, right? It's a Monday. And this is not the day to spend too much time on it. And considering that the show is almost over, I'm not going to. But while everyone's kind of flipping out over this move or that move made in the NBA, oh, the Lakers, oh, this one, that. 
The Knicks have not made any big splashes, no major trades, no free agents, right? Fred Van Fleet is going back to Toronto. Gordon Hayward, four for 120. Godspeed to you, Gordon. Uh, The Knicks are taking the right approach. Now, it might not really have been their first option, but at the end of the day, we judge people based on how things turn out, right? We based it on wins and loss. Well, they didn't really deserve to win the game. Well, they won anyway. I don't care if this was their actual approach or just the approach that was forced upon them, but turning cap space into future second-round picks, keeping your cap, cap flexibility, not making any mistakes out of desperation. I love what the Knicks have done so far. Suck it up for another year. You got all this. You got a full year without probably people in the stands anyway. Let your young guys play. Go through the pains. Take your medicine. Get another high draft pick. And away you go after this year. And for the, uh, for the you can't rebuild forever, the Knicks have not been rebuilding ever. This is what a rebuild looks like. And I'm on board. The toughest thing, though, is having the guts to stay the course when all the noise is against it. And make sure you know that people will be criticizing the Knicks for not making a move, not getting this guy, not getting that guy. But just know, and you know this too, they, if they go out and do make one of those moves, they'll criticize them for that as well. So good move by Leon Rose. Credit to the Knicks organization. Now the tough part comes, staying the course. That is going to do it for us for today. We're already out of time. We'll be back tomorrow, 5 a.m. Please vote on the Regal Tumble. It's on Twitter at Gordon Damer. And Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zuber are up next, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.